Hello, I am C-3PO Human Cyborg Relations. Welcome aboard the Star Speeder 3000. Your vehicle, Bravo 229er, is now ready. Please begin immediate boarding and have a safe and informative journey. Well, maybe the Sunday drivers will come out hunting for gas. Ain't many folks who pay no 18 cents a gallon. Scanners detecting more trouble in Sector 9. Hey, guys! It looks like we're all here! Let's go! W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, author of the Walt Disney World Trivia Books and Audio Tours of Walt Disney World, and this is show number 282 for the week of July 15th, 2012. Over the past many years, our Walt Disney World experiences have changed, not just because of the additions and enhancements in the parks and resorts, but because of how we experience Disney before, during, and even after our trips. And technology has afforded us the opportunity to not only enhance our individual experiences, but share them, often instantaneously, with others. And so this week, we're going to look at using technology during your Walt Disney World vacation. We're going to discuss the ways, apps, resources, and tips for using the technology, how sharing our days in the parks has changed it for us and for those we share it with, and it's going to be an interesting look at sort of the new social part of Walt Disney World, including sharing photos, videos, audios, the social networks, and much more. I'm then going to have the answer and winner to last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new question for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Be sure and stay tuned all the way to the end for the announcements, including information about the next WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, our upcoming WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream, lots of new details there, the e-ticket event to kick off Epcot's 30th anniversary, as well as some of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Disney World is not meant to be a passive experience and it's not just about what you see, touch or taste at the parks, but now with such incredible technology right in the palm of our hands and pockets, it's now an experience that we can capture to save for ourselves or our friends and family, but more importantly, an experience that now we can share with others from taking pictures to using technology before during and after our vacation, it's made our time in the parks no longer an individual type of experience, but something with many layers to be shared by, for, and with other people. And so today, I wanna to talk about some of the ways, apps, reasons, and tips about using technology for your Walt Disney World vacation. And joining me today, here in the center of technology at Walt Disney World Epcot Center, is Susanna DiMarzio from Xanaland.com. Susanna, welcome. Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. And, and we were talking about this offline for a while because you and I are, you know, 
like so many people, we use a lot of technology when we come here, when we're sitting at home in front of our computer for hours on end. And so I thought it'd be fun to sort of talk about the ways that other people can use it, that we use it, as, long, as well as some of the apps and things like that. Because for both of us, I mean, my first time here was at age three in November of 71 with my bad hair and even worse shoes, sitting on, on Main Street USA. And you've, you came early too, and vacations to Walt Disney World have changed dramatically, especially over the past three, five, seven years. And when I think back to early Walt Disney World and the GAF Camera Center on the corner of Main Street USA when, you know, that was sort of high tech for the day. When kids, see if you can wrap your mind around this, you could take your photos during the day, bring your film there, if you remember what film is, <laughs> from your little Instamatic camera, and by the time you left that day, you could actually have your pictures printed out. Now, it's immediate, it's instantaneous, like I said before, it's things that are not just personal to us, but things that now we can share with others too. That's right. I remember one of the my favorite things coming here when I was really little was they always sold those little slides that you could get of the Main Street Electrical Parade and everything. That was like a huge deal. Um, back then, if someone went to Disney World, it wasn't like an everyday thing. Like it is for us here being locals and now, you know, so many more people can come here. But back then it was a huge thing. And if you had your family photos, you actually might have had, you know, a little get together when you got home and showed people your slides and things like that. Um, and like you said, things have changed so much since then. And now it's, it's like a global vacation. All of your friends can see what you're doing all the time. And there's so many ways to share that with people. And the, as, as a guest and a, and a visitor to Walt Disney World, if you can't come all the time, your vacation experience is now one that extends before you get to Walt Disney World, after you come, and because you can sort of have a, a way to share in others' experiences too, it lets you get more than just watching Disney movies or watching the vacation videos you used to have because you're experiencing it through and with other people. That's right, and it's, it's a great planning tool too. Um, you can ask on Twitter or Facebook like, hey, we're making reservations for this restaurant. What's your favorite thing to get here? Or has anybody been here before? There's so many ways that you can um, get feedback and you know really share and enhance your trip that way. And the thing too is it's instantaneous. It's not, I have a question about Disney World so I have to write a letter to <laughs> Walt Disney World and see if I eventually get an answer via snail mail back. And you know, all of us use technology every day, especially when we start thinking about our Disney vacation from the official Disney sites to unofficial websites as far as the, the planning and preparation uh, apps that we have on our phone, and now we've sort of gone beyond that in the past few years, and that the technology doesn't end when we step away from our computer, it comes with us into the parks. And what I want to do is talk about how we have these, these mini computers with us. You know, we have a mini desktop computer with a smartphone or an iPhone, which I always kid around and say, it's actually better than, the, we used to say we're getting closer to Star Trek, it's better than the tricorder, it can do, uh, uh, so much with it, but um, you know, it used to be that what we did in the parks, whether you had your camera or you know, I remember with my dad taking the big video camera, that TV size thing that sat on your shoulder as I trailed behind him with a giant battery pack on my shoulder, but it was very personal to the people who were there and then when they brought it home. Now it's something that you can share with others, uh, others who are friends, others who are followers, others who are complete strangers. So I want to talk about some of the ways 
we use this technology in the parks. And so let me ask you, like when you go in and take pictures or do a tweet, and we'll talk about some of the individual apps, like why do you do it? Do you do these things more for yourself? Is it to share with others? Because obviously you have a blog at xanaland.com. It's about sharing that experience, it's bringing content to your readers. But why is it most important for you? And when, more importantly, when did you start doing it and, and capturing it that way? Uh, I think for me, it's, it's both enjoyable for me to do. I love taking pictures, I love being in the parks, but it's also fun to get that interaction with people. And I'm on Twitter all the time, um, and a lot of my readers, I find, are more on Twitter than anywhere else. So I like to be able to say if I'm going in the parks, like, hey, I'm heading here today, does anyone have any photo requests? And it's so fun to hear people, you know, or see people write back and say what they would like to see pictures of. And then I can, you know, if we're not, if my family doesn't have other plans, if we don't have, you know, things going on, I can go on, a, it's almost like a mini scavenger hunt and find these pictures for people. And then people that might not be in the area or have a long time between their next trip can see the picture they wanted to see. And it, it's fun for everybody. And I love, you know, doing that and making people happy too. It's good. <laughs> Because I think, too, probably for both of us who have had sites for a number of years, it used to be we would come here, do research, grab photos, grab content, audio, video, whatever it is, go back and create them as articles or blog posts, whatever it is. But now, and let's talk about Twitter specifically, because I, like you, am a big proponent and a user of Twitter, especially in the parks. It's something that we can share instantaneously. It's no longer just 140 characters. You can share pictures, you can share video, you can share audio, and what I think what makes Twitter a great thing is it is not a push conversation. It's not a one-way conversation. It very much is interactive. So yes, I like coming to the parks and playing games, like a where in the world am I? Making people feel as though they're not envious that they're not there because they're in the cubicle, but making them feel as though they are with us wherever we are. But being able to ask them questions, response, and it's not a, a push conversation, it becomes I sort of use the analogy of a cocktail party, it becomes truly conversational. Right, that's true. And I love, you know, seeing other people do that like you. I play along with your where in the world all, all the time. So um, it's great to, like you said, you know, let people have a little bit of the parks when they're not here. And, and I don't think it's so much a, oh man, a lot of times people are, will say, I wish I was there, you know, I'm so jealous of you right now. That's certainly not the intent. I know it isn't for you either. We just want to get whatever's going on out there to people because, you know, we love it so much and it's great to share. It's a great way to get news out too. Just walking in here today, I took a picture of, you know, the Highland Games aren't there anymore. So it's all covered up with landscaping. So I was like, well, I'll share that with everybody. It's not like the prettiest picture in the world, but it's news. So people commented on that and said, oh, I didn't realize it was gone. So it's a great way to, you know, get information out. I think that's one of the really big uses specifically of Twitter is being able to push out to a certain degree things that are changing. Because look, this is, we always use the analogy, it's not a museum. It is an ever-changing, living thing. And sometimes it is a small thing like, hey, Agent P just opened, or they're testing Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, or the Highland Games are gone, or they're starting to decorate for Flower and Garden Festival, or food and wine, whatever it is. And it's because it's instantaneous, you don't have to wait for a blog post at the end of the week. You don't have to wait for an update from whoever it may be. It's coming at you all the time sort of in that free-flowing stream. That's true. And I, you know, personally will get my news from Twitter half the time. Um, I love seeing updates from people that are in the parks all the time or cast members. And that's how I found out about um, 
the new Dumbo attraction being open. I saw people were there and I said, oh, I better get down there and see that. And then you can share pictures that way and people can see exactly what it's all about. And it's it's not so much about like, oh, who can get there first? It's, you know, because there's so many of us down here blogging and, and sharing news. But it's really just, there's so much wonderful information to share and people want to see that. And I think for some people, it gets them excited about what's coming. Some For some people, it's the first they've maybe have heard, that they have heard of it. Uh, and it, for other people, it's like, wow, now I have a reason to go because you know, Tudo Gusto just opened. I understand it's open. I need to get down there and do it, especially if you're if you're local. Um, but it's not just a, Twitter's great because it's not a consumption medium. It is a content sharing thing. So you may be able to share that you're at, you know, outside of mouse gear and something has changed. Somebody can respond, ask you a question. And you're right here because it's instantaneous and get those notifications back and forth. And it's so easy. It's so simple too. It really is. and. That's where I get, you know, I don't get a ton of comments on my blog, but I get a ton of replies on Twitter or on Facebook when I do those sorts of posts and when I'm I'm in here. And that's a great way to get, you know, the feedback that you're, you know people are actually listening and paying attention. And um, it's great to see that, that people are watching what you do and they, they want to know more information and, you know, are happy to help. So it's cool. And I sort of analogize Twitter to the cocktail party where as Facebook, it is more of a threaded conversation that continues to go. Do you, post, do you find that you put your Twitter updates to Facebook as well, or do you post to Facebook as well too? Because for a lot of people, you need to go where they are. Yeah. So some people don't understand Twitter or are just more comfortable on Facebook because that is where their friendships and relationships exist. It's true, and I sort of, I sort of do half and half. If it's something really exciting or um, if it's a really cool picture that I want to share, I, I will do that to Facebook. I don't have all of my tweets going there because a lot of times I tweet silly things. and <laughs> My old college and high school friends might not be interested in that. But, you know, I also have the Xanaland page, which I like to do photos on there a lot because that gets a lot of interest and feedback. People love seeing um, pictures of Disney. Um, but it is, yeah, like you said, there's, you know, a group of people that only do Facebook. And so it's good to get both. I like to be in both places just because it's a, a different audience and it's a different group of friends that are seeing things that might not have seen it otherwise. And when you come here, because you have, I mean, look, you're, you're local, I'm local, and we still like coming here because first and foremost, we are Disney enthusiasts. But do you almost feel as though that when you're here, because especially that technology is so accessible, it's right in your purse or right in your pocketbook or it be my purse, my man purse that I carry with me. Do you feel that documenting the parks and experiencing these things, do you feel that sharing that is an inherent part of your experience or do you find that there's times that you're able to sort of disconnect and just enjoy it, you yourself, for you? Hmm, well, <laughs> I'm sort of addicted to my phone and Instagram and Twitter, so it is hard for me to disconnect, but I know it is an important thing. There, I sort of challenge myself sometimes to go a day in the parks without tweeting or without posting a picture, which is really hard, but it is good to, you need to get back to basics every now and then and just see the details around you and things like that. But um, I find for myself, I just love, you know, taking the pictures and, and sharing things. So it is hard, but it's good to have a balance where you aren't just staring at your phone all day and uh, missing out on your family and friends and whatever's going on around you. So. Well, you brought up photos, which is where I wanted to go next because Twitter has its own photo embedding uh, uh, application to it. Facebook certainly does as well. 
And especially now, with things like Instagram, look, obviously they're doing something right, being acquired by Facebook for a billion dollars with a B. Yeah. We are such a visual people where it's, it's great that you can read something, but seeing a picture can convey so much more. So, and now you no longer need to lug a big camera, or in my case with my dad, the big video camera, because your phone, they always say the, the, the best, what's the best camera to bring to the parks? It's the one that you always have with you. And now, especially things like the iPhone, with such a high resolution camera, and applications like Instagram, explain why you use Instagram, what you get from that, and how you share that way. Well, I know there are a lot of Instagram haters out there, and I am not one of them. I love it. I think it's an amazing way to simply share photos. It's not difficult, and you know, there's a million pictures out there of Cinderella's castle. There's a million pictures of Spaceship Earth, but you might want to take a different angle, and you might want to make it look slightly different. I'm not trying to put out a picture that looks like it was taken in 1972 and be like, look at this old picture I took. <laughs> it's not like that. It's it's just making it unique. It's something different. And, um, you know, you've got that little square um, template that Instagram has. So every photo is square. So it gives you a little frame to work with. And you can just make things look interesting and unique. And I love being able to do that, especially someone that's a local and has seen a million pictures and taken a million pictures to do something you might not have seen. I took a picture a while ago of um, the little fountain behind the castle of Cinderella's Fountain, and someone on Instagram had never seen it before, even though he's been to the parks a bunch of times. So it was great to get that out there. And certainly, you know, I could have taken that photo on any app or, you know, not used an app at all, but I made it look different because it was sort of black and white, but I colored part of it anyway. <laughs> so do you like Instagram? And I want to talk about the social aspect of Instagram too, because it is another it is. social network as well. Look, Twitter is a social network. All these things are things that you can, the communities you can be a part of, things you have to manage. Instagram is not just a way to post those pictures to Twitter or to Facebook because there is a community aspect. But I think what Instagram does and why it does so well and people like it is because it's no longer about just sort of framing a shot or sharing the newsworthiness or the magic of the shot of the castle or the fountain behind us, um, but it allows you to be artistic. It gives you a sense of creativity that you can share, and it is something a little bit different. So that picture that you may have taken a thousand times now becomes uniquely you and very different. And do you think that, uh, that invites more discussion, more commentary from the people who are home? I definitely think so. Um... If you take, you know, a picture of a castle that's straightforward, you're just looking straight at the castle, you'll get some comments and feedback. Oh, I love the castle. But if you, you know, tilt it sideways, if you focus in on the clock on the front of the castle or some one of the spires, it's just really unique. And it, it makes for feedback and comments and people that may not have noticed something like that otherwise. Um, and like you said, there is a whole other community on Instagram. There's people that follow me on Instagram that have no idea I even am on Twitter. Um, and things like that. There's a whole other different group of Disney people, and I met so many people from Disneyland on Instagram that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So it's it's great, to, and you get feedback, you get comments on there, you know, you get people liking your photos, so it's really fun, and I, I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because all these apps primarily are, they're free, uh, they're very easy to use, they're very accessible, each has their own community, and there's one more that... Um, 
a lot of people use. We were talking earlier about location-based services like Gowalla, which probably about a year or two ago, I remember Disney had gotten very heavily vested in Gowalla. They had places where as you're walking through the parks, you could check in and be awarded or rewarded with badges, these beautiful badges. And there was sort of a, a point and reward system. I know you're a big proponent of Foursquare and checking in as you go to favorite places that you visit. Uh, there's the idea of sort of becoming the mayor with the most check-ins. Tell us about, I'm not a Foursquare user per se, but there is a, a, a huge community that, that likes this idea of location-based sharing, whether it's via uh, Foursquare or whether it's via Facebook places or Google places. You know, we need to talk about Google Plus at some point too, the sort of the newer player in the game. But tell us about your use of Foursquare, how you use it, and, and why. Like, why do you use Foursquare and how does that, um, what do you feel like you're sharing or, or giving to the people who are following you there? Well, like you said about Koala, I loved Koala. I loved the badges. I thought it was so beautifully done and I miss it. But um, Foursquare is great too because you still can check into places and you can still share where you are. It's good if you uh, have friends in the park and they want to keep track of where you are. You don't have to share where you are on Twitter or Facebook. You can just keep it on Foursquare so people can follow along there. Or you can just you know, not share it at all but still check in. Um, I'm not so much into the mayorship thing that I was when I first started because, you know, who doesn't want to be mayor of Spaceship Earth? But uh, <laughs> it's hard being with so many guests checking in and everything. But I find now that I check into places, um, if I just, if I haven't been in the parks for a while and I want people to know I'm here, um, it's a good way to, to let people know that I'm here. They can say, oh, if you're there, can you check this out? And a lot of people will like to comment if I check into a certain restaurant, oh, that's my favorite one, or that's my favorite attraction. Um, so it's, and you can share photos within Foursquare as well. So it's, it doesn't have to be just like, click on this link and see where I'm located. It can be a photo too. So that's always fun. And um, I find that, you know, people are actually, some people are actually interested in it. You'd think that it would, if you do a check in every place you go, that would be kind of crazy. But um, if you if you keep it simple and, and check in just to a few places every now and then, I think people enjoy that and, and like sharing that that's their favorite place or something with you. And so I think that everybody probably has a place that they are most comfortable either creating, sharing, consuming content. It sounds like there's, you know, for somebody like you that has all these different things, it's a lot to manage <laughs> while you're here because, okay, I want to take a picture of Club Cool do I share it on Twitter? Do I share it on Facebook? Do I Instagram it? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of Google+. Plus. Um, I think Google+, Plus has come a long way in a short period of time. I know very early on, it was primarily adopted in the tech and photography areas. But what I think Google+, Plus has right now behind it is, A, Google, and B, um, a lot of potential in things like how information is shared, uh, photo sharing is, is done very, very well there. With Google Hangouts and being able to share things via video, you know, I'm a big proponent, and, and look, it's interesting because how and what is being shared has gone through an evolution, right? It used to be we came here, we recorded stuff in a notebook, went home and wrote about it, or it was published in a, remember print magazines? Um, then we're blogging about it or writing articles about it, and then it becomes, photos, and then it becomes some audio. Well, now we're able to share video, not just stuff that we record and bring back, but you know me with the live broadcast, 
being able to share live video, whether it's via a Google Hangout, or for me, I'm a big proponent of using Ustream, which also has a free mobile app. So now, for those people who can't be here with you, whether it's your mom and dad, your brother, your son who's in the military stationed overseas, now all of a sudden, the instantaneous sharing is not just a static image or a static tweet. It's something where it's live, there's audio, there's video, and then there's a chat component to it. And that's why I love doing the live broadcast from the parks. I do WW Radio Live every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, I've at www.radiolive.com, because I love making the conversation immediate and two ways, and making people feel as though, not ha hologram, but I want you to feel like you're sitting at this table with me. I want to connect you to that experience. And the feedback that I get is even more instant than waiting for a, a retweet or an at reply because the people are chatting live in the box, as we call it. That's true. I love watching your show for that reason because you're always so great about showing people where you are. You know, you turn the camera around and let people see. It's a great way to share, um, you know, fireworks that are going on, parades, if there's something new. I know a ton of people were sharing the 4th of July fireworks last week, and it's wonderful to be able to have that interaction, like you said, an instantaneous, like instant gratification, basically, for people that aren't here. And there's so many, Ustream is a great one. Um, there's also, I think it's called Social Cam as an app now, which I have, I haven't used yet, because... As much as I love video, I'm not great with it yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> but it is super fun to be able to um, share things instantly like that. I love doing, TwitVid is another one mm -hmm. too. You can do short videos that way. Um, or just audio. A lot of people will, you know, if there was the new um, Storybook Circus area open and people were sharing the background yeah. music. So it's great to be able to do that for people that won't be here for a while or just miss it, you know? Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I think, for, you know, there's a number of different components to bringing your smartphone here. There are the abilities to share different things different ways. There's abilities to capture. You know, your phone is, an, is now an audio and video capture device. You don't have to worry about bringing something with you because as something happens, as one of those moments where your kids do something amazing, you just take out your phone and there's a built-in audio and video capture. You don't even need a separate app. I mean, certainly, when you're in the parks too, and this maybe is another conversation for another day. You know, there is the technology that's in the phone is also there for us to consume, to help enhance our experiences in the parks, not necessarily just share it. So whether it's things like the official Disney mobile magic app, uh, the touring plans, the lines application that gives you things like crowd calendars and wait times and figuring out what the best park is to go to, those are all things that make your experience better. You know, there's there's Walt Disney World Trivia app to help you, to help you, sorry for the shameless plug, but to help you do things while you're there to help pass the time as well too. That's true. Um, those are great, great apps, all of them. The Disney, the official Disney one is certainly so pretty to look at and it's, and it's got great information as well. I don't enter a park without using lines at least once, I know, to check on wait times or what time the park hours are. It's great. And when you do have little kids, or even if you're bored yourself, you know, having apps or games um, to play while you're in the queue is, is wonderful. And certainly so many more people are bringing their iPads and stuff into the parks. Um, so it's great to have those apps. The Disneyland app 
as yeah. I was playing with earlier is just gorgeous. Um, so there's so many great ways to do that. And like you were saying before, being able to capture those you know, family memories on your phone, not necessarily to share with others, but just for yourself is, is wonderful. That's the only thing I bring to the parks is my phone. Even when I'm doing blog posts, it's so easy to just be able to take pictures that way and, and do video. Um, it's just super easy and fits right in your pocket. <laughs> and you know, again, the, the conversation about other Disney apps that when you are home, help bring that experience to you from photography apps. And I don't want to name names because I will miss somebody and I will feel incredibly guilty because there are literally hundreds of awesome apps that are out there. Go to the App Store or go to the Google Play Store if you have an Android device. And there are ways to keep you connected when you're in the car, when you're at work, when you're in the bus, wherever it may be on your device. But specifically when you're here at the parks, the apps that you can use, and this is the other question I want to ask you too. So we have all these apps that you can use to make your personal experience better for you and your family. You're in Epcot and you pull up the mobile magic app and you want to make a reservation for dinner later on that night. It's easy to be done. It's instantaneous right there without having to make the phone call. We have ways to capture content. We have ways to share content. We have ways to have conversations with people who aren't even here with us because we feel we enjoy that. But so my devil's advocate lawyer question for you is this, is, is that too much? Is the smartphone too, so are the smart people the ones that don't bring the smartphone? Because it's a double-edged sword. Because as much as I'm a proponent of the technology in the parks, I also am saddened when I see families where everybody is looking down at their phone. And it's not because they're playing a game together and doing something other, but because the kids are on Facebook, the dad is on his Blackberry, the mom's on Twitter, and the daughter is texting. Because now all of a sudden, you are losing out on part of the experience. You are losing out on this multi-sensory experience. In a, look, the reason why I fell in love with Walt Disney World was not because of the rides, or dare I say the food, but it's because of the memories that I had with my family. So is it almost sometimes too much? Are we spending so much time looking down at our phones instead of looking up at the details and the overlooked experiences that are here and missing out on the, the human interaction with the people that are actually here with us? <laughs> well, if you ask my mother that, she would definitely agree with you. Yes, <laughs> I get in trouble all the time with her from being on my phone too much. But I think to an extent, um, I have to remind myself sometimes to remember to take pictures of people and not just things because I'm always Instagramming. So I have to, like, my friend Nicole is great with, you know, can you take my picture? Can you take our picture? But I, I'm reminded at times to, that I have to do that and, and capture those memories and, um, you know, maybe put the phone down every now and then. It, it is a battle for me because I, I do love um, doing that online interaction. But like you said, it's, it is sad when you see people and, and I, someone just walked into me the other day because they were looking down at their phone and not watching where they were going. So it is, it is hard to um, put it down sometimes, especially with you know, kids today that that's all they know. They don't know of a time when you, know, you went outside and played all day and you didn't have a phone to text on and play games with. Um, so it is important, you know, as parents, we, ha we have to be the ones to set the example, certainly, and, and remind people. <laughs> we do not set very good examples for our no. kids. Do as I say, not as I do. We're, we're working. <laughs> so I like the air quotes that you yeah, did. Yeah, I did air quotes, sorry. <laughs> but it, it is a battle, like I said, but 
um, it, it's something you do need to remember because all of this was created for us to enjoy and, and to see those little details. And if you're looking down all the time and worrying about what you need to grab a photo of or share on Twitter, you can miss out on things. So. And look, I like what Disney's doing with things like Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, where it's now not a, a kid looking at his phone to play, you know, the Avengers game or the Animal Kingdom game on Facebook. It's something that families are doing together. And I think that that experience may eventually, or, not to, or something like that, may come to the smartphone, where now you don't have to have physical cards, but if you're there with your family, you can do scavenger hunts or quests or photo, whatever it may be, where the phone is a part of it, but it's not individual to the person who's looking at it. It's for that entire family to do together. Because I think you're right. I think sometimes we, I think you lose something looking at Disney World through the lens, whether you are an Instagrammer, a photographer, whether you look at your iPhone, or whether you are a, a, a hobby photographer, we are always taking pictures through a lens. Look, we can, you know, where the Fountain of Nations is going off behind us, it's a beautiful fountain. So many times people run and they look at it and they're so busy grabbing at the images to share with their cameras that they're not enjoying the experience themselves. That's true. And it's, you know, something that you just really have to be aware of and be able to put, put the technology down. And, uh, you know, Disney was created to bring families together, basically. Um, and we have to remember that. And like you said, the Sorcerers um, of the Magic Kingdom is a great way to bring families together. And hopefully they will, you know, do more of that with, with mobile phones to make it even easier um, for people to do things as a family, as a group. Um, versus, you know, individuals on their phones. And, you know, as part of, and look, we're, we're all guilty of doing this. And it's funny because when you do it, it's okay because we're sharing content. When other people do it, we don't like it. When you go into an attraction and all you see are the glow of smartphones, right? So it used to be that you, when you stood down Main Street and you looked down at Cinderella Castle during Wishes, all you saw are people's heads up looking at the castle with mouse ears on. Now all you see are people with their arms up with a, with a white rectangle in front of them because they're so busy photographing it, streaming it, whatever it is. Inside attractions, you know, you see in Carousel of Progress, Hall of Presidents, where we, the glow of the smartphones. Flash, flash photography, I wouldn't. It disrupts the homing <laughs> signal and that's not good. But you're riding on attractions and all of a sudden the guy in front of you has a smartphone up. And that your photo pass picture now all of a sudden is not of your face, but it's of you holding the phone. Yeah, it's true. That is a pet peeve of mine, having having people do flash photography with their cameras. Uh, my daughter rode Pirates the other day with her friend and said there was a little girl, which this is, you know, is, is definitely not the norm, but there was a little girl that was too scared to ride on it, so her mom had her light on her phone on the entire ride. <laughs> so the little girl wouldn't be scared. And I was like, it's good I wasn't on that ride with you because I would have been very upset. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard because you have to realize that a lot of people, this is their first trip and, you know, we're here all the time and certainly I would not do that personally, but um, some people just want to record everything. It, it's hard and it's a different time that, you know, it's just what you see in the parks now. Like you said, it's a, it's a totally different view. But again, it, it, you know, it's, again, the opposite side of that sword is now all of a sudden you have this device in your hands where for a lot of us, especially before I was local, you would come down and you would take that picture, right? You had that spot. For me, it was in front of the watch shop on Main Street. That's where my dad took my picture 
in November of 1971, and I recreated it every year. And it's fun to share because my family at home remembers seeing that. You know, my mom may not be with me all the time, but I can send that to her instantaneously, and it's it becomes a very emotional thing that you can connect very easily. But again, there's also the opposite side where you don't want to make it distracting or sort of spoil the magic for other guests as well. That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm very conscious of that. Um, it's hard. If, you know, like I said, if it's your first time, people will do things differently than than someone that comes here all the time and maybe is thinking about that fact and not wanting to ruin it for other people. Um, it's it's like everything else. You have to find the balance with it and not overdo things, basically. Yeah, you you want to make your family's trip better. You want to make it. You want to. For those people who maybe couldn't be with you, you want them, if that's if this is what you, you do, you want them to feel as though you're a part of it. But you also don't want to take away from that personal experience with your family. And I think that sometimes is the tough balance to strike. It really is, yeah. I mean, because especially, you know, we're always thinking about sharing things with people when we come to the parks. Um, I know you and I and so many others, but... Um, it's hard to turn it off sometimes and, and just make your own memories and it's it's definitely something that you need to remember to do because that's when the best memories are made when you can just focus on that and, and put blinders on to all the craziness going on around you sometimes. But that being said, I love the... Look, this Disney community that I put in air quotes <laughs> that has grown exponentially over the past couple of years is is fed and fueled by those people that come down whether they're photographers with their cameras that blog about it when they go back, the people that share things instantly in whatever medium it is, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, we can get to Pinterest. I mean, you know, you can, you can we almost forgot about things like Pinterest. Um, it has made the overall experience for those people who can't get here much better. And I think for a lot of people too, it gives them another reason to get excited and continue to think about wanting to come back. That's very true. I mean, even me as a local, seeing other people come here that are so excited to be here and share their their photos and their updates and um, their milestones, basically, on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, too, is it's just great to be a part of that and to see that, even as a local. And I love when I see that certain uh, of my favorite you know, photographers or whatever are coming and taking photos. It's I'm like excited about what they're going to share and what they're um, going to be looking at. So, and it's great to see people that are planning maybe their first trip or their first trip to Disneyland versus you know people that come here all the time and being able to um, be a part of that with them is great. Even as a blogger and as a local, I love being on the other side of things and watching other people um, make those memories and experience um, the wonders of the parks, basically. <laughs> it's it's so interesting because with your phone, your smartphone, whatever mobile device you have, it's uh, there's such a, a balance that can be struck between you personally using your phone and the technology to enjoy the moment, to record the moment, to share the moment, however it is that you want to do. And sometimes it's tough to, to balance all three and I will tell you that there are many times I say, you know, I wish or I think back to before we had it, when your cell phone wasn't ringing in the parks, when you weren't sort of trying to, to mute the text because you're in the middle of, you know, the golden dream at the American <laughs> Adventure, or you don't want to have to take a call, make a call, or feel obligated 
because when you're here now, some, I think that's what happens sometimes is we who are here often feel almost obligated because we're here to share it. And I will tell you that sometimes I am guilty of not acknowledging the fact that my kids are experiencing a moment that they and we should all remember together because I'm so worried about taking a picture of the garbage can. <laughs> and that's not a joke. <laughs> well, it is a pretty exciting garbage can, I'm sure. Whichever one it was. It is hard. And I, I find I do put my phone on silent when I get in the parks and I try not to check for updates. Um, I've, I've made a, a conscious choice lately to n not reply to tweets while I'm in the park instantly. Like I'll wait until I get home maybe a lot of times unless it's like a question that I, I will still read them. <laughs> it's a question that needs to be answered right away. Um, just so I do, you know, pay attention more to what's going on with my family and friends that I'm with. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really hard <laughs> to find that balance, but uh, it's something that as we grow more and more and, and get more and more technology that I think we do really need to remember to do because otherwise we're going we're gonna to miss out on a lot. And this is where, because everybody's experience when we come here is different, this is where I so want to hear back from those people who are listening. And the basic two questions I have for you with this is, is when you come here, what apps do you use on your phone when you're in the park? So I don't mean planning ahead of time, the websites or apps when you get back home and just sort of whether it's a Disneyland app to connect. We'll, we can talk about some of those maybe on a separate segment. But when you come here, what are the favorite apps that you use? Is it Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram? The list goes on and on and on. How do you like to share? Text, photo, video, audio, whatever it may be. And when you're here, when you're watching something like Illuminations, when you're watching Wishes or a parade, what do you, what do you normally do? Do you watch it for yourself? Do you videotape it or photograph it? Or do you tweet it? Do you try and share that instantly? Because that's gonna affect your experience whichever way you decide to do it. What I would tell you to do is that when you do get home or on your mobile device, you need to go and visit xanaland.com. Don't laugh, you should. You should go home and visit xanaland.com because you are a prolific blogger, a wonderful writer. Uh, I also love following your tweets when you're in the parks because again, you bring something different than those people who might follow me, you are at Xanaland? Yes, at Xanaland. <laughs> yeah, give it, you're at Xanaland. I'll link to all your Twitter. What are you, on Facebook? Uh, I'm, my Xanaland page is just facebook.com slash Xanaland. And I uh, like to attach my blog post there, but I also do photos every now and then that I may not do on Twitter. So check it out. <laughs> Something different no matter what medium you feel most comfortable consuming it in. So again, I want to hear from you people, from those of you who are listening, what technology, what applications do you use in the park? What purpose do you use it for? And how do you like to best enjoy Walt Disney World? Is, are you concentrating more on experiencing it for yourself and you and your family, or for those people who maybe aren't there, whether it's instantaneous or something that you record or videotape, please come by, visit the show notes over at wdwradio.com, click on this week's podcast, you can comment there. We'll keep this conversation going there. We'll respond to your comments there as well, too, because I would love to hear from you. And if there's any apps that maybe we missed that you want to suggest, you could post them in the comments as well. Xanaland.com, Susanna DiMarzio, thank you so very much. Now I think we need to go and we need to start tweet while we eat. Oh, one of my favorite things to do. Yes, that's great. Everyone wants to see what we're eating. <laughs> yeah, except for the service, like, why are you taking pictures of your I food? Know. I need to tweet it. I need to tweet my food. It's true. It's true. And I have to yell at my family to not eat anything until I take pictures of it. 
so. It's... We've come a long way since 1971, where you just sat down and enjoyed your food. Now it's nobody, nobody touched their food until I've tweeted and Instagrammed your sushi platter. It's true. It's true. It never gets old for me. <laughs> awesome. Again, Susanna, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Time once again for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I'll test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or trivia, see how closely you pay attention to the attractions and the details and the stories. Maybe what you hear, maybe I'll play a sound clip or quote a line from a Walt Disney World attraction, ask you to identify it for a chance to win a Disney prize package each and every week. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back to last week, review the question and the answer, and choose this week's winner. So I said last week that while giving a tour of the Magic Kingdom, I was talking with someone whose favorite attraction was Mickey's Philhar Magic. We spent a lot of time talking about it and going through it and the history and the details and what used to be in that space beforehand. And that sort of inspired last week's relatively simple question, which was, so chances are you've seen Mickey's Philhar Magic and you've enjoyed the story of Donald losing the Sorcerer Mickey hat, seeing tributes to classic Disney films and characters and music. And along the way, Donald eventually gets his hat back and the film ends happily ever after, as they always do. But do you remember who actually gave Donald the Sorcerer Mickey hat back? That was last week's question. And once again, hundreds of you wrote in and got the answer correctly. And that, of course, was Jasmine. So congratulations to all of you who entered and played. We randomly selected one correct entry from all the ones that came in. For a prize package, it included all six of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World. And because I've been sort of cleaning out the house and uh, going through some collectibles that I found in the garage, I was going to also include a vintage Walt Disney World souvenir from my collection. And the winner this week is Rayanne K. So, Rayanne, if you could please send me your address, I'll get your prize package out to you right away. Again, thank you to everybody who played. Congratulations if you got this answer right. If you didn't get selected for the prize package, that's okay, because here's this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. And so, as you know, everything in Walt Disney World tells a story, from simple attractions to themed restaurants, whatever it may be, even indoor roller coasters like Rock and Roller Coaster. Sure, it involves going to see a rock concert with Aerosmith, but have you ever paid really close attention to the story that takes place even before you enter the show building? When you enter that building, it's not really supposed to be a soundstage, but the offices and recording studios of a fictional record company. So this week's question is very simple. What is the name of that record label? It's real easy, right? You can see it in the queue on a manhole cover outside the gift shop. It's also the name of a Disney movie. So no, it's not The Incredible Mr. Limpet. So that's your question. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, July 22nd to send your answer in to contest at www.radio.com. Once again, I'll put together a prize package with all the audio walking tours of Walt Disney World as well as a few other surprises as well, too. Good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. 
Don't forget to come by the website over at www.radio.com. Leave your comments there about this week's show. While you're there, be sure to check out our daily blog posts, new contests, including a new logo contest going on right now, our free, fun, very friendly discussion forums, and lots more. If you have a question you want answered on the show, email me at lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. In addition to the podcast, be sure and tune in every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. There we'll be talking about this week's Walt Disney World news in a live video broadcast and interactive chat format. So you could be part of the conversation. Share your comments there as well. That is just one of the many ways you can be part of the show and the WDW Radio family. So if running is your thing and you're going to participate in one of the upcoming Walt Disney World or Disneyland marathon events, come by and join the WDW Radio running team over at wdwradio.com running. Help raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America and be part of the team. It's really a lot of fun. We have meets of the month every month in Walt Disney World. The next one is going to be Saturday, July 28th, starting at 10.30 a.m. over at the Contempo Cafe at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Anyone and everyone is welcome to attend. Check our events page or the, our Facebook page as well, too. And don't forget, too, about our cruise on the Disney Dream, November 4th through the 8th. There still are some cabins available if you are coming. Lots of updates on the blog, including our kids' pen pal exchange, our fish extender gift exchange, pre-cruise party, and lots more. Again, you can find out about all these things over at www.radio.com. Click on the events tab. While I love hearing from you guys online, there's nothing like the opportunity to meet one another in person. So hopefully we get a chance to do that at one of the upcoming WDW Radio events. Speaking of special events, don't forget about our WDW Radio e-ticket event to kick off Epcot's 30th anniversary, Friday, September 28th from 7 to 10 p.m. Inside the American Adventure Pavilion, it is going to be an evening like you have never experienced in Walt Disney World before because we're going to have a private dinner and show, sort of an evening at the American Adventurers Club. There's lots of surprises, lots of special guests who are going to be there as well, too. Stay tuned for the announcement on those. For more information and to purchase your tickets before they sell out because this is a limited event, you can visit the events page again over at www.radio.com. Quick thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're going to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line Vacation, whatever it may be, Becky and her team of agents give you incredible service. They're always seeking out the best possible prices and discounts for you, all at no additional cost to you. It's who I use. That's why it's who I recommend. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. When you're coming to Walt Disney World, you want to stay right in the heart of Disney, the Swan and Dolphin has the Heavenly Beds, 17 world-class restaurants, the Mandara Spa, lots of other great amenities as well, too. Right within walking distance of both Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, visit them over at swananddolphin.com. But say you're bringing the whole family, the extended family, you want multiple master bedrooms, your own game room, pool, spa, kitchen, and lots more. All-Star Vacation Homes has hundreds of homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes and lots more. And when you're in Walt Disney World, I'm sure if you're like me, one of your favorite things to do there is eat because dining really is an attraction. And the Disney Food Blog's Guide to Walt Disney World Dining has over 300 pages of information, tips, real-world guides, planning worksheets, scavenger hunts, dining itineraries, and lots more. They're so convinced that you're going to love it. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. No questions asked. It's an ebook. You can download it right to your smartphone, your iPad. Take it with you right to the parks. 
I have it. I love it. I read it. Of course, it always makes me hungry, but you can also get 20% off just because you're a WDW Radio listener by using the code WDW Radio over at dfbguide.com, like Disney Food Blog guide.com again 20% off the disney food blog guide to walt disney world dining and of course part of the problem with walt disney world is that maybe you can't get there as often as you like well the great way to get walt disney world brought to you right at home in print or on your ipad is through celebrations magazine you can subscribe order back issues and download the celebrations app and magazines over at celebrationspress.com finally my friends and you are my friends whether we have met yet or not all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening or share your favorite links on Facebook, Pinterest, or Google+. And please come by, rate and review the show over on iTunes. Very, very helpful. I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes. And finally, and most importantly, I am so very grateful each and every day to all of you for allowing me the opportunity to share my passion for Disney with you. So I hope that you get up and get focused and dedicated and disciplined and motivated to start pursuing your dreams. Be positive and as Walt said, always keep moving forward. So until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. Thanks again. See ya. Hey Lou, this is Tim Smith in Swanee, Georgia. Just listen to the July 4th show uh, that you did for the newscast, listening to it on the Friday following the 4th, but just really, really a great show. Thank you for that. I appreciate your patriotism, and it uh, just resonates with me, and we always want to tell you thanks for all the good stuff you do, and it's just another great show, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, Lou. This is Heather from Wisconsin, and I wanted to tell you how big of a fan I am. I listen to your show every week, and it's something that always helps brighten my day. If I, you know, if I can't listen to it live, and I'm, you know, the other day I was having kind of a rough day, and I was like, oh, hey, I haven't listened to the show yet, so I listened to it, and it made me feel so much better. So I just want to thank you for all you do. You, I mean, I can tell by the listeners who call in that that we're all just so happy to hear you talk about it and to hear that you share, um, you know, the same excitement that we all have for. Walt Disney World, and um, I also had a question for you. My sister's getting married, and she wants to um, she wants to dance to one of the park songs, and it's that um, it's like that compilation with Cinderella. I know you. I walk with you once upon a dream, and it it goes into other things. Um, they played it. Gosh, I think they played it during missions. And I'm, I know you play a lot of other um, park music on your show, so I'm just wondering if you can tell us where you can get, like, downloads of that. I know, I mean, I've, we've bought a lot of uh, CDs in the parks, but that, some of that stuff isn't on there. Also, some of that great music from Epcot is not on some of those CDs. So I'm wondering if there's a way that we can um, buy those songs to, um, to have, and also for my sister to have that. Oh, I guess I wish I knew the exact name to give you. But anyway, thanks again, Lou. This is Heather, and um, here's my cat. I don't know if you heard that, but she's excited too. Thanks. End of line.